Heart Dam. You're listening to Frolicking Chronicles, a Frolic Inc. broadcast. first week of March, which means we get to talk about St. Patrick's Day. Your families, I mean, outside of Christmas and Halloween, I think St. Patrick's Day must be in the top three for you guys. It is definitely a family tradition, and I can see that it will be carried on through our kids and hopefully their kids and their kids' kids. I mean, it is a thing. doesn't matter which day of the week it rolls out on. So tonight we're going to be talking about not only some St. Patrick uh, info about the actual Saint St. Patrick, uh, maybe some Ireland mythology um, sneaking up in there. We'll talk a little bit about our cocktail tonight, which Tamantha uh, is in love with. This is her <laughs> staple it's drink. It's old school drink from my Hawaii days, going to the club, but it is also... I make a cake with the liqueur as well. Yes. So we'll talk about it in just a little bit. So where shall we begin? Should should we... Um, Tamantha had basically approached me about doing St. Patrick's Day or the St. Patrick's Day episode earlier in the month so that you guys might feel inspired to do your own uh, spin on St. Patrick's Day. I believe it falls on a Wednesday this year. So it is it midweek. It, it falls on a Wednesday. And let's just talk quickly about what your family does every year. Let's get the juices flowing in our minds about St. Patrick's Day. So, All right. So I'm gonna go. uh, okay. So this is my this is our for over ten years. It's actually probably been more like over fifteen years. My husband has started to celebrate St. Patrick's Day as a open house pub style where anybody who's in town neighbors, friends, family can stop by and have some good food, which Ireland's not really known for. So there's definitely an American spin on that. Uh, a good potato. Yes, exactly. So you're going to have the corned beef. You're gonna, he actually does a beef stew for me because I'm not a real avid fan of corned beef. Uh, a lot of those Americana traditions that came once the Irish people came to uh, America in you know New York and Boston, my husband happens to be Irish. He is Filipino, um, had been born in the Philippines, came to America uh, when he was about two and a half years old. And though our last name is Dawson, due to his stepfather, who's actually of a Scottish descent and some Britain uh, lineage there, Eric's actual name should be Eric David Ryan. His biological father lives in New Jersey. Um, it's a bit Can of a complicated thing. Things? Yes, uh, that'll be a story for another I day. Sounds better. Yes, and so <laughs> he would have had like three first names as his oh, whole he name. Would have had something in common with Paul Ryan, right? I know. And then here's the other interesting thing. One time I was working an event, and a limo driver came, and he he came in for a spot of tea. 
And he had this great Irish accent. And so we got to chit-chatting and I was like, yeah, you know, my husband is part Irish, but he's actually Filipino, which I know sounds odd. He goes, actually, it's not odd at all. And this is probably circa 2008, 2009. And he said, we actually have lots of Filipinos in Ireland because of the nurses. So a lot of, apparently there's a lot more of Eric's uh, kind of humans <laughs> out in Ireland, which is kind of cool. But we- How about that? Yes. And so we don't really- um, I intent with intent. At the, VA, they, at the VA in Long Beach, they call them, I think, the Manila Mafia. Is that right? Oh, is I have the, no idea. Is that the city? Is is it? Um, well, Manila is in the Philippines. Yeah. So yeah, the Manila Mafia is what I've heard. Oh, I'm gonna have to Google that. I, I don't know anything about it. I mean, I <laughs> no, no, to... it's, look, it's the VA in Long Beach. That's all. I okay. Know. Hello, <laughs> LBC. So. What I will say about St. Patrick's Day and what makes it so cool is that it is definitely a thing to not feel any fuss. I don't overly decorate. I basically pull everything around the house that is green. From Irish stories to a Bambi book, it doesn't matter, green glass. And that's kind of what gets layered in as decor. Because keep in mind, we're keeping it kind of a pub vibe. And what do you talk about at a pub? You know, it was usually it was about news, um, local gossip, uh, maybe politics and religion, which wasn't really, it's not etiquette, good etiquette nowadays to talk about those things. But back in Ireland, the pubs were where you found out what was going on, news and otherwise. Uh, so that's kind of the vibe that we have going on, you know, come over, see, have a good I think vibe. it's important to talk about politics and religion or how they intersect sometimes because I think that's why we've ended in so much uh, arguments and turmoil in the last, you know, few decades is because families didn't talk about it anymore. So I don't know if that was just the American way, you know, to be, oh, polite, you know. Well, even in Ireland, they talk about that. In some of the specials I was watching recently, they said it just, it was frowned upon. But the reality is, is that um, these are the things that are happening. So you'll come over to our house and it's a safe zone. You talk about whatever you talk about. Nobody's judging. And, you know, hopefully you walk away with a good story or two. So it's really about just enjoying the people. Um, if it lands on a Saturday, our house is going to be full of everyone <laughs> uh, during the week. Even yeah, though some years are, are larger than other years, I think. Uh, this year with COVID, are you guys... Open house, open outside. What are you guys just... Basically, our really close friends that we've already been in the mix of our social bubble, they will probably stop by. Um, that being said, you know, unfortunately, no, like we're not trying to have a big old gathering. We right. don't want to be the reason why people got sick. We don't want to be the reason why people get sick. But I'm going to miss people like Miss Brandy who comes by with the girls and um, those type of things. Because, yeah, I mean, COVID's legit real thing that we have to be considerate of and aware of. So You know what, you know what I like about what you guys do? Eric is in the grocery industry and he takes off that whole week. So that has always been cool that that's his vacation week. Plus, he likes to cook. And so he does prepare wonderful corned beef and potatoes and cabbage and i think i do shepherd's pie starts, yeah and he starts it early yes and i think that what he i value drinking your, his first guinness by 9 a.m in the morning yes so <laughs> what i value about your family celebration is that it's something that not is also throughout the day but you know the kids went to school they have something to come home and have a special dinner 
And I think that is what I really enjoy about what you guys do for St. Patrick's Day. And of course, in and out of people. I live too far for a midweek thing, but also where I live in Huntington Beach, you know, I we've done bike rides and, you know, we go to the different bars uh, on Main Street. Yeah, so know, that'll here. be very different this uh, year. Pardon me? That'll be very different for you this year. Yeah, well, I don't, we don't go every year. Some years I'm just making a special dinner and I was talking about, so here's the big thing that I make usually for parties is a Midori butt cake, the Midori melon liqueur, which is part of what our cocktail is later tonight. Yes. I love that cake. We've gone to the Wakulas, Cat and Chris. They would have amazing little get togethers uh, with live music and, you know, Shoot, Chris Valkula, he corns his own beef. I mean, the dude is yeah. a renaissance man. Eric, ha- he is a renaissance man. And Eric has, this last two years, um, corned his own beef. We used to always go to Costco. It was kind of like a tradition thing there. Right, right. So our, yes. from Costco. And uh, this will be the first year in many years. Actually, last year, the same. Eric was not able to take vacation because of COVID. Uh, but years before, Eric also did not ever take vacation because he used to have this like mentality of you're not like a real man's man unless you can drink on St. Patrick's Day and still show up to your obligations the next day. And so, oh <laughs> but you know, <laughs> later on, he later on he realized that you know it wasn't a bad week it's for him to take to off. Take a break and enjoy the day. I think. Well, because half of the time we're like getting the house, you know, uh, a little bit freshened up and. We always have two, our movie arsenal. So I don't know how Troy always makes a list, but Troy is usually what Eric, you know, starts his day off, you know, that sandal. Oh, I think I can watch a little Brad Pitt. Yeah, Troy. and he just loves that Superman punch. I'll make a pact with you. With the gods as our witnesses, let us pledge that the winner will allow the loser all the proper funeral rituals. There are no pacts between lions and men you know, kind of thing. And then um, it'll go into Snatch. What's that? It's me belt Turkish. Oh, Tommy, there's a gun in your trousers. What is a gun doing in your trousers? For protection. Protection from what? The Germans. And Boondock Saints, and then usually it repeats itself. But always in the front room, we always have traditional irish music playing in our front room so those of us that like to just kind of sit back and have a calm environment uh but if you're coming over with kids you always have to be aware there is going to be violence on our television yeah and also uh so i had started the boondock saints in our family room tonight just in honor of you guys in this podcast tonight and i just walked in a few minutes ago when i was refilling my water and i said oh how is it he goes you know it's it's really good, but the N-word is cringy. Like, the N-word is not, you know, and I, it's I forgot dated. that that's yeah. in, in that movie. I mean, I forgot a lot about that movie. So I'm probably well, it came out with, in 99. I'm going to probably go with your Troy. And, um, okay, Snatch. Snatch. I love Snatch. Yeah, so, Snatch is amazing. Guy uh, Ritchie. But it is on a Wednesday, which is a work night for me. But I do think, come on. So easy, just... I know what Pax and I did last year because it was the beginning of COVID. We actually... Uh, took Duke on a walk around the neighborhood with uh, our solo cups, uh, green, you know, clear solo cups, and we made green beer, and then we cheersied. Our neighbors didn't even know. We just threw up a cheers to their house address as we walked the neighborhood. <laughs> and 
to our friends in the neighborhood. And that was our St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, I think that anybody can have a little bit of green beer and a little fun. I don't think I did anything special as far as meal-wise. Right. And I um, I will – This there were some interesting – things that came out of the research over the this last couple of days. So, of course, I think it was Trent that gave Eric, his godfather, a huge Irish flag uh, at some point. Yes. Um, so, just like back in the day here in California, so SoCal, you didn't wear red or blue in certain parts of town um, to trigger, you know, uh, gang violence, if you will. Apparently, in certain parts of Ireland, it's not good to wear orange, uh, on St. Patrick's Day, green represents Catholics and orange represents Protestants. And the white on the flag represents the peace between the groups. So I had never that? known that. Yeah, I, I had never known that. Because the original color for St. Patrick's Day was blue, which I don't know why it was blue, but it was blue. And then now it's favored green. So how interesting to bring the Irish flag in and talk about that. Yes. And I actually gave Jaden for his confirmation a very special piece because yes. my collection was Yaya's Celtic um, shamrock, if you will, rosary. Yeah, and beautiful. I knew Jaden would appreciate that. And my kids were okay with me giving it to Jaden because Jaden did choose the name St. Patrick for confirmation. He really did. And that's the thing. For us, we've always celebrated wearing green uh i just didn't realize the catholic undertone until recent years when i was teaching catechism you know we talk about the shamrock uh tamantha you have said the four-leaf clover doesn't really actually it doesn't exist right so there's no well listen the four-leaf clover does exist it's a four-leaf shamrock that does not exist i mean there's like a a mutant you know, maybe, you know, there's one. Listen, if you find a four-leaf clover out in your field, um, it's a one in 10,000 chance. And it, if you give it away, it even doubles your luck. Oh, wow. So for me, the shamrock with the three different leaves represents the Holy Trinity. And St. Patrick That's used that Patrick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, because... Uh, in Ireland, the Celtic pagans, they everything was based a lot off of nature. So when he was there, it was an easy tool for him to use to explain the Holy Trinity and the divine God who St. Patrick really was all about Jesus and I, the divine love, which I thought was amazing. The, yeah, the power of love. And also he was like a Jedi with the elements. If you really yes. like pay attention to some of the St. Yes. Patrick's uh, stories, some are, yes, legends. Uh, you said you had a little snippet about the snakes, but um, yeah. I kind of feel like the snakes are representative of the evil of the world and that he conquered, you know, through nature and the elements he i mean that documentary on youtube i don't know the documentary um but that was very poignant you know talking about why and how saint patrick came to be and why we celebrate him but yes the overall message was the power of love and in god gave him the strength and he was will about, to do everything as his instrument he was about energy and that's what I find yes, so fascinating about it is because a lot of times when we're talking about our Catholicism, we're talking about being Christians, we don't talk about the natural energies of the earth. And he embodied that. 
And very so insane. He was yeah, like, it was amazing. Jedi, like Yoda. Like yeah. Yoda's but, but also when you, when you think about, you know, modern times and all these bohemians and, uh, you know, the different crystals and all the Crystal inner power. Yeah. Like St. Patrick was like, you know, a forefather he of the was energy front. Yeah, he was. He spoke to the Celtics because of their pagan rituals and ways. It, from what I understand from that one uh, YouTube that you sent me, which I didn't write down the name, was basically it wasn't a far stretch for them to go from these, you know, sister gods or royalty to, you know, God the Father and, you know, yeah, there was a lot of parallels to what the Druids were teaching. And Druids were priests, for a lack of a better uh-huh. term, uh, in this Celtic paganism. And they were the wise and they were the holy ones and they were the teachers and uh, full of wisdom, you know. And it was just interesting when you think back to those times and how the Tara king, right, and keep in mind, St. Mm-hmm. Patrick was around, what did they say, T, like 5th century? You know, he, yeah, first, he passed away at the end of the 5th, uh, yeah. Fifth yeah, century, so 5th uh, century, when we're talking like medieval, like a long, long time ago, the Dark Ages, basically. And here, this 16-year-old who basically is living in Britain, he's of a Roman, uh, or I should say, the Romans were in charge of Britain at that time. And so therefore all that Roman Catholicism and Patrick basically says, I was not following in the light of God. I was not following what we were being taught. He was uh, alleged to be an atheist pre, you know, his early life. Exactly. And so then here he is at about 16 years old and he gets kidnapped by the Irish uh, raiders, like basically Irish pirates kidnapped and taken to Ireland where he's held like six years captive immersed to, in to be a sheep herder yeah right? basically you know so slavery mm-hmm. and then he manages an escape to go back to his family's family says please stay close don't go far and you know he's here only to be capt- captured once again but then that capture was only like two months and I'm not sure how he how that all plays out because there's kind of conflicting stories But then he decides or he has a vision that he once again, here we go with the supernatural stuff in um, the church. Christians have visions. Catholics have these visions. And so here we're always I shouldn't say always because some people are more open to it. But we're a little skeptical of like psychics. We're a little skeptical of mediumship and what that all means yet. There is a big part of that paranormal world in yeah. our so Christian like faith. Song, keeping visions to myself. Yeah, know, and so he ha- or opening explore. your third eye, you know. And so he has this vision, and basically it's telling him he needs to go back to the people of Ireland. And then, therefore, he has his missionary work. He becomes a bishop. He even comes into some conflict with the Catholic Church because they don't agree with everything that he's doing. And they tell this day they actually have a pilgrimage that you can go on. Now, these people, to me, maybe not as extreme as some, but they're fasting for three days. They're not sleeping. They're walking this path to pay homage or have a, some form of enlightenment. Uh, I mean, the Irish are down. I more power to them. More power to them. 
that is incredible to me when people can make that sacrifice for something they believe in. Um, I find that so interesting. But yeah, and you know, it's not St. Patrick's birthday that we're celebrating. We're actually um, celebrating that, you know, March 17th is the day St. Patrick died, late right. this century, circa AD 493. And, you know, we're celebrating his life. Right, right. And do you know that Patrick was never formally um, made an actual saint by the Catholic Church because those things like cantonized because that happened so long ago that it doesn't actually fit our modern Catholicism and how we canonize a actual saint. But for once again, all intents and purposes, he was uh, offered that patron of Ireland and the saint of that is very interesting. And here, I mean, so he's the patron saint of Ireland. Ireland. And like St. Francis is of animals. The yes. protector of animals. He has okay. a very interesting story, too. By the way, the feast on St. Patrick's Day, because it's actually a feast day for us Catholics, it's the Feast of Light. And that has a direct correlation to that Tara King, uh, Druid, that used to um, be the only one allowed to light a bonfire to signal to the ships, right? And so what happens is St. Patrick gets there and he's up on his hill. And there's an interesting backstory here too, like something with like cows that end up uh, running and they let them like go over to the cliffs and then they take these cows and you know eat their flesh use their pelts and then they burn the bones in a fire which is how we get bonfire but it's actually from the word uh from the middle english uh word bane fire which is basically means fire for burning bones so that's how we so get the bonfire, bonfire is bonfire but I also understood it. It was to release the spirits of the cows and the cattle back yes. into the universe. Because again, we come back to Nature. all the elements of the earth and the energy and bringing it all back together. Like it's like the circle of life or what have you. The energy needs to go back into it. Exactly. So St. Patrick lights this fire. The king is not knowing like what is going on. He's supposed to be the only one in charge. And then therefore it, he now lights up Ireland with Christianity. There's a lot of symbolism, a lot of, like I said, backstory. Some is myth, some is legend. I mean, St. Patrick was always known to us growing up that he basically got rid of all the snakes in Ireland. And right, that's a legend. Right. And if you see some of those prayer cards, you can see the serpents. And like T was saying earlier, it really was a symbolic thing that the serpent represents Satan and he was getting rid of all of the, you yeah, know, the devious evil of the world demons. because actually snakes weren't part of Ireland. No. You want to hear um, a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. So somewhere between, so a hundred million years ago, snakes evolved to Ireland. Okay. Ireland was like underwater. Okay. So the reptiles were really like unable to make it to the island to make that their home. Okay. So you have okay. that part of how reptiles really couldn't be on Ireland. Then about three million years ago, 
Okay, and this is all from IrelandBeforeYouDie.com. The Ice Age arrived. Well, being snakes are like cold-blooded. So they weren't able to survive <laughs> during the Ice Age. So Ireland and a handful of other countries uh, around the world, um, New Zealand, Iceland, Greenland, and Antarctica have no native snake population. Wow. Yeah. And, that is an interesting fact. Um, so where we say like we're totally into celebrating St. Patrick uh, and St. Patrick's Day, we have our family traditions. We also are Catholic. Paganism and St. Patrick's Day. Many pagans today refuse to celebrate holidays which celebrate the elimination of one religion in favor of another. So many choose to wear snake symbols on St. Patrick's Day. So if you see that, if you see somebody wearing a snake on their lapel, you know they're of the old way or they don't believe in uh, you get one rid of one religion to celebrate another, which I thought... Not the house of Slytherin, but they just are not... They yeah. are anti-St. Patrick's Day because that is not appropriate. And I, hey, that would be a cancel culture thing. So I can see why they wouldn't want to do that, canceling out paganism for the new Christianity. Yeah, and they do that. say... Um, one of the churches in Ireland claims that they have the jawbone, like, you know, a lot of our Catholic churches around the world have some kind of relic from a saint, like some, yeah, most times it can be a bone, right? And it's usually buried underneath the altar uh -huh. or sometimes it's in a shrine by the altar. Um, however, they have questioned whether or not it's a legit jawbone of St. Patrick that they have, but what historians and archaeologists have declared to be true is that the bronze handbell could have very much been a personal possession of St. Patrick because it dates back to the time of his life. That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was really cool myself. Well, shall we talk about our cocktail? Yeah, let's do. By the way, right. Tamantha loves this drink. Um, the bottle of liquor I had is because Tamantha brought it over. At some point. Okay. Do tell, sis. Do tell. Okay. So tonight our cocktail is the old school nightclub drink. Sweet. Can't taste the sugar in the booze, which also is dangerous because then that can give you a very big hangover. But my beloved Midori Sour. Hello, and Saturday Fever. This is my drink of choice back in Waikiki, any of the clubs. Because it was uh, easy, it was a fun green color, and it is a Japanese melon liqueur. Now, in preps of our evening tonight, I was excited to find out that this melon liqueur, when it came out in 1964, was the er Hermes melon liqueur. Okay. And me <laughs> stuck around for a little bit. Okay, now Hermes, people know, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but that is a luxury brand of choice. If I, uh, hello. I had a scarf when I went to Paris, I told Maxon I was buying one scarf, and I, I did buy so many scarves, but it was the orange box I was after in Paris. So Hermes Melon Liqueur, I just got such a kick out of that. But in um, its name changed to Midori, which means Japanese... Uh, in Japanese, it means the word for green in 1978. 
And it is now made by Centauri and manufactured in Japan, Mexico, the U.S., France, and the French region is actually sweeter. And I got this information from the educated Barfly, which he actually made a three-ingredient Midori Sour, which is what we made tonight. Yeah, I like this dude. He was trying to break out into the Bee Gees and... Oh, he was He was fun. in it. He was so fun. And... He was recreating from a New York barman named John DeBerry. And this cocktail that we're about to have is one ounce lime juice, two ounces Midori, and half an egg white. So this is the first time I've ever put an egg white to make the froth in my cocktails. But also really quickly, the reason that this melon liqueur also was named Hermes was because it is from like the king of all melons. It is a Yubari king melon. So just like Kobe beef or champagne, the fruit can only be produced in a certain region in order to be named this Yubari. A pair of the premium cantaloupes has result has recently sold at auction for an astounding twenty one thousand dollars. Wow! Um, according to the Independent.co.uk, on uh, Monday, March twenty seventh, twenty seventeen, the reason you melons are so expensive is reportedly their sweetness. Now, also, I read on average they're fifty dollars to one hundred dollars a melon. Whoa! Yes. And the Yubari um, is often bought kind of as a publicity, uh, publicity stunt from corporations so that they can have the free advertising for buying this. Oh my you know, God. I was going to say, so Kroger's not carrying this melon? <laughs> yes. And then, so for Midori liqueur, it is the Yubari King melon also mixed with the musk melon, which cantaloupes, while all cantaloupes are musk melons not all musk melons are cantaloupes according to healthline.com so there's some melon levels of luxury here i think <laughs> there's some melon experts out there for sure yes, and i was just kind of dumbfounded and excited at the same time that this liqueur i've loved all this time because it's green guys i mean if you don't know it's green yeah it's really um, green and to, that's why a japanese liqueur makes it on my menu for saint patrick's day that and they also have a really wonderful recipe for the midori cake um which when i was talking about the wakulis party earlier everybody loves it but it does have nuts because you use pistachio jello in it so not everybody can have it but it's a fun bun cake so oh, that to is that fun. i say cheers, cheers to saint patrick and to you my sister that i won't be with this saint patrick's day but cheers to the Dawsons. cheers So mine is like really sour. Yeah. Mine's not really sour, but I use lemon. Lines were really sour because I use fresh lime juice. Okay. I use lemon because that's what I had. And I'm going to tell you this. I have a whole egg white in there. <laughs> I must have misread the list that you gave me. Um, and, okay. But can I talk about my eggs? Because these are really amazing yes, eggs. talk about your eggs. So... Uh, if some of you guys don't know, I actually run a venue called Hidden Oaks, which is actually owned by a church. It's owned by Solid Ground Church. And Solid Ground Church has a patron um, who always brings us fresh, organic eggs. And I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Mott's California Poultry, located in Chino, California. 
he basically uh, studied up, went to different workshops, specifically out of UC Irvine, had the best chicken specialists. His eggs have a diet of sea kelp. So when they are cracked open, it is a beautiful deep amber color, which is once again, a little Asian flair tonight between my Filipino yes. Irish husband, Tamantha and the Midori and the melon, and now this egg that I use tonight, the egg white. Uh, those deep amber yolks are highly sought after from Asian markets. So that's where he originally got his success. Though I during, just love that. Yeah, but during and COVID, he actually sold out of all his eggs. There was miles long car lines trying to get his eggs and here, solid ground church with the spoils. There was going to be an egg shortage, like toilet paper or whatever. So I yeah. believe that his beautiful eggs did sell out. And to that point, what you do is the lime juice, Midori, and the egg white, you shake it all up together over ice and pour it in. And it makes this beautiful frothy green color. You can garnish with a um, maraschino cherry. Um, oh, I should have done that. A lemon wedge, but something to give it a little pop of color. But it's a vibrant green that's gorgeous. But because of that egg white, I kind of feel like it's a little healthier than other drinks because there's a protein in it. Amen. I mean, I don't know about raw egg, but I do know that if this was my nightcap, I'm probably not going to be hungry. Right. No midnight snack. In it. Does it count as a protein shake? I mean, we're shaking <laughs> Yeah, and Eric was shaking it for me. He was like, girl, you need to really shake this hard because he was hoping to get that that froth, 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 you know. Um, my, my drink tastes yeah. lovely. I, like I said, I used lemon instead of lime, uh, but I did use the whole egg white. And then, of course, you was know, it two I ounces wanted, in the door? One of those kind of Myers lemons or like Monique's lemons from her tree, which that probably would have been really sweet too. But I just had, you know... Straight off the produce aisle limes from a bag, and mine were a little bit tart. So. Yeah. So, I want to go back to something that you had brought up a little bit earlier. You said tonight it kind of inspired you to start talking about the Boondock Saints. And yes. that is, the to us, the best movie to be playing on St. Patrick's Day. And... It was filmed, I should say it came out in 1999, and every 10 years they actually will host a, what, special anniversary, and you can go to, well, I don't know now, you can't do it, but we've gone to the 10-year anniversaries and actually seen it in the theater again. We actually went with Manny and Lizzie a couple times, and Eric and I actually hadn't been aware of the film too much when it first came out, but some years later, when we were having a you know, our St. Patrick's Day event, one of our neighbors brought it over. And from that point on, it became the tradition in the Dawson Households Place movie. So I want to know, does Jaden hang his rosary inside on his bedroom wall? Like how these guys come in and that scene and hang the rosary? I don't know, but we have a friend who who bought us one of those rosaries that you see in the film uh, made by an Etsy artist and that hangs by our front door. So if you guys are not familiar with the Boondock Saints, we highly encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, it was, like I said, 1999, American Vigilante, written and directed by Troy Duffy, um, who's not really my favorite person. I, I don't know. He seems kind of no, off. William Dafoe is one of my favorite people. William Dafoe is amazing. He plays the FBI agent Paul Smecker. He's a brilliant character. You have Sean Patrick Flannery, who plays Connor McManus and our Norman Reedus from TWD The Walking Dead playing Murphy McManus. Now what I didn't realize is that they're actually twins. 
I never realized. I just always assumed they're brothers. The brothers are twins in the movie? Yes, they're actually twins in the movie. That makes total sense to me because their mannerisms, having just watched the opening scene this evening, I could, I could see they were incredible. And they have fraternal, the cool... I would say, not identical. But. No, yeah, definitely fraternal, but they have the cool Blessed Mother uh, tattoos on their necks, yeah. uh, which is kind of like a silhouette. And basically the... Almost like a doodle. Yeah, and the... Like how those doodle tattoos are. Right. The premise is... Tired of the crime overrunning the streets of Boston, Irish Catholic twin brothers Connor and Murphy are inspired by their faith to cleanse their hometown of evil with their own brand, zealous vigilante justice. We shall be for thee, my lord, for thee. Power hath descended forth from thy hand. Her feet may swiftly carry out thy command. So we shall flow a river forth to thee, and teeming with souls shall it ever be. Nomine patriot fili. And you'll often see Boondock Saints fans not only get that tattoo of the Blessed Mother, but you'll see them get that Vertitus, um, how do you say it? Aquitus? It's like Latin words, but it basically means truth and justice. So, so are they the ones who started the, the famous script tattoos? Probably. I think that they uh -huh. did, honestly. You know, that was so for, for many, many years, we would have the, you know, that poster that's infamous with Boondock Saints, where it's like the two nine millimeter Beretta guns, the rosary, and then it would have those two words, you know, at the bottom of it. So, yeah, yeah that truth is the goddess of truth. Uh, basically, that's what that word means, Verditas. Um, and she was the daughter of Saturn. So some of this stuff goes like way back. And then the other word, uh, it means for um, evenness. It's Latin for fairness. And basically equality. So there you go. Truth and justice. And so I thought that was really clever. And I can see why people, especially fans, get it tattooed on them as an homage to the film. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has to have a cult following like our Swingers movie or, you know, just any, you know, kind of thing like that. Uh, okay. So how about um, some fun facts about St. Patrick's Day, if you will. And then let's talk about a couple of really good celebrations around the world. Sounds good to me. All right. So just to repeat, there are no four-leaf shamrocks. Those are clovers. And if you find one, it is like double your luck to give that away. Blue was the color originally associated with St. Patrick, but green is now favored. The first St. Patrick's Day parade in American colonies was held in New York City mm -hmm. on this day in 1762. Yep. St. Patrick's Day is the traditional day for planting peas, even in the snow. Oh, I didn't know it's that. It's from the almanac.com. Cabbage seeds are often planted today, too, and old-time farmers uh, believe, oh, sorry, not two old-time farmers, but also <laughs> old-time old farmers. farmers believe that to make them grow well, you needed to plant them while wearing your night clothes. Oh, How about that? On St. Patrick's Day, the warm side of a stone turns up and the broad back goose begins to lay. That was one of their sayings. And traditional food, corned beef, cabbage, Irish soda bread, which one of my friends, um, Ellen, I think it is, uh, she makes that every year for the Wakulas, green milk and beer, because now a lot yes, of parents lucky leprechauns. yes, trapping the leprechaun, oh, that Pinterest, Girl. you know, makes moms go crazy. I it's think like last year, shelf, right? last year trapping we forgot, 
we forgot to dye our milk green and the kids noticed it, even though they finally caught on that we were the ones doing it after so much time, but we, we messed up and forgot. And it's such a, a cool thing to open up the refrigerator in the morning and just see that green milk. You know that it's, you know, Lucky the Leprechaun and the festivities have begun. Can I tell you a, a joke that also was on the almanac? Sure. Why should you never iron a four-leaf clover? Why? You don't want to press your luck. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I also was seamstress, so the iron joke got me. That, that, that was okay. great. <laughs> so, um, besides the Dawson's Open House Gathering, the greatest celebration in Southern California. Yes, I'm going to put hurrah. it out there. Okay. The world's biggest St. Patrick's Day celebrations from fourdoors.com, F-O-D-O-R-S.com, listed by Annie Bruce, March 14, 2017. Number one in New York City. There's a march up Fifth Avenue, starts at 11 a.m. on 44th Street. Lasts about six hours. There are no floats. And it is you know, started back in 1762. So it started even before our birth of America, July 4th, 1776. Dublin comes in at number two. Five days filled with boat races, the Irish Beer and Whiskey Festival. The parade takes place on St. Patrick's Day. Half a million spectators from Parnell Square to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Wow. Number three. Sydney, Australia. Yes. It goes down. It goes down. The parade dating back 200 years. I was shocked to hear that. Uh, With pre and post parade entertainment. So Sydney knows how to party. That's for sure. Four, because this is what I thought would have been in the top, but Chicago. Chi-town. Yes, Chi-town, which Paxton loves Chicago. I've personally never been. We have our friends, Chris and Tammy, that uh, are from that area, so we can't wait to go with them one day. Um, But I actually was stuck in the Chicago O'Hare Airport on St. Patrick's Day. What? And yes, I was on a trip going um, back east uh, for a Coast Guard uh, training I had, a special invitation. I don't know what it was, but um, I do know what it was, but it is too boring to talk about. Um, (laughs) I was, I was just, I was by myself, so I didn't, it wasn't safe for me to go out at 10 at night to Chicago, not knowing the area. So, sad me, I was just in a boring hotel room for the night. Okay, but... The dying of the Chicago River Green dates back to 1961 when the chairman saw green dye usually used to identify sewage in the water. That was kind of gross to know. But now, uh, so he got the idea, let's just dye yeah. green every year. But now they use 45 pounds of environmentally safe vegetable dye, and the parade lasts three hours. Followed up by Montreal, Canada, London, uh, Maserat, is that sound right? Um, Savannah, Savannah, Savannah Georgia. Georgia. Yes, yes, yes. They have because people in Savannah. For green ceremony honors Irish men that lost their lives in the siege of Savannah. Yeah. So that was interesting. so real quick on the Savannah front. There are people who go to Savannah, Georgia, for the St. Patrick's Day celebration and never leave. They make Savannah their permanent home. True story. Wow, that mm-hmm. is so cool. I still have yet to be there. Okay, number nine, Munich, Germany. <laughs> yeah, I've been celebrating Germany. since 1995. Wow, go Munich. And, and number 10, this this got me. 
Buenos Aires, home to the fifth largest Irish community in the world. Wow, who would have known? I wouldn't have known, but according to this list in 2017, these were the top 10 celebrations. That is fantastic. And I think to that, we should do the old Irish slancha cheers. Just because this is something that also my family does. And slancha actually means to your health. So slancha tea, slancha to our followers and have a happy... Slancha to your health, especially now. Yes. And have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Let us know how you guys celebrate. Do you celebrate? Or what small thing can you do to celebrate this year? 